Hello friends, and welcome to Messages of Revival podcast. This is Basil Howard Brown. I'm a revivalist and have been traveling around the world with my wife Anne for the past 27 years, seeing God's people being set free by His Word and the anointing. The title of this message is The Power of the Holy Spirit. We need to live daily in His presence and flow with God's power. I ministered this message during a 10-month-long revival we had at Calvary Cathedral in Fort Worth, Texas, and many were blessed. May the Holy Ghost come upon you and transform your life today as you listen to this message of freedom. For more messages, subscribe to Messages of Revival podcast on iTunes, Google Pod, and Jesus Pod. God bless. Luke chapter 4 verse 1 says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days did he eat nothing, and when he was ended, uh, when they were ended, he, he afterward hungered. The devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone to be made bread. Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. The devil taking him up into a high mountain showed unto him all the kingdoms in, of the world in a moment of time. The devil said unto him, All this power I will give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will I give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Glory to God. And he brought him, verse 9, And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in thy hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus answered and said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all temptation, he departed from him for a season. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and they went out a frame of him throughout all the region round about, and he taught in the synagogues, being glorified of all. Now, before I read on, let me, let me just paint this picture here quickly. Here is Jesus in the wilderness being tempted of the devil for 40 days. Some Christians are tempted of the devil for 40 seconds, and they're done. Hello? Jesus was tempted of the devil for 40 days. I want to point this out to you. Every time the temptation came to Jesus. Now let me say something about a temptation. A temptation is something you can give into. So if this was something that Jesus could not give into, it would not have been called a temptation. Amen. People say, wow, he was the son of God. You know, that would never happen. Then the Bible would not have called that a temptation. So every time the devil comes with a temptation to, God, to Jesus, what does he do? He doesn't say, look, do you know who I am? I'm Jesus. You better back off, bud. I'm coming for you one of these days. I'm telling you right now. You don't know who I am? Never said that one time. What did he do? He always quoted the word. He said, it is written. Let me tell you what, that is why it is so important that the believers know the Word of God. 
Because when a temptation comes your way, when the devil brings temptation across your path, the only way you can overcome that temptation is to say, devil, it is written. It's in the word. It is written. You have to take authority over the enemy with the word. Listen, in ourselves, the devil ain't afraid of us. And he would kill us if he had a moment. But great is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Are you listening to me? We're more than an overcomer because of Jesus Christ. Because of what he's done at Calvary. The Bible says he went to hell, stripped the devil of all his power and authority, took away the keys of hell, death, and the grave. That means death has no dominion over us any longer. Are you listening to me? Jesus went to the place that man was supposed to go. Hell. Why? So we don't have to go there anymore. Delivered us from that place. You cannot say to the devil when he comes around with a temptation or comes to attack you or whatever. You cannot say to him, listen, you don't understand. I've been to Bible school. Here's my diploma. He'd probably go, yeah, I've got one of those too. Actually, I sat right next door to you. Hello. Devil, it is written. It is written. It is written. That's why it's so important we know the Word. That's why it's so important to meditate on the Word. That's why it's so important to come to church and and get as much Word, revelation Word, in your spirit, man. So when the temptation comes away, your spirit, man, is what rises up. And you begin to speak the Word of God. Hello? Because the devil's always looking for the weakest area. That's what he's doing. Bible says he, he walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He can only devour if you allow him. Hello. Devil doesn't come around and devour us because we don't allow him to do that. Oh, you listen to me. If there's an issue going on in the house, I'll tell you right now, we go to the throne room of grace. That's what we do. Hello. We speak the word. Call those things which be not as though they were. Come on now. You all with me this evening? Verse 16 says, And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. There was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he'd opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And I can tell you right now, every time I get to this passage of Scripture, and then I get to verse 18, I get so excited. I mean, it just, it creates an excitement on the inside of me because I'm thinking to myself, yeah, that's my Jesus, my God. He went to the synagogue and he read this passage of Scripture. I mean, he could have read anything else, but he read this one. Which I no doubt must have offended the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Hello. No doubt it would offend the deacons. Of the modern day church. Hello. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Oh, I'm a believer. I'm a born again child of God. I'm a carrier of revival. I'm a carrier of the Holy Spirit. I'm a carrier of the power of God. Hello. I'm the salt of this earth. Everywhere I go, I bring light. 
Not because of me, but because of who's within me. Because of His glory, because of His presence, because of His power. Everywhere we go, we can see signs, wonders, and miracles. All because of Jesus. We're just carriers. Come on. Some containers are just bigger than others. Amen. But we all containers. Carriers of the anointing. So yes, why I like this passage of Scripture. Verse 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is what Jesus said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Let me, let me say this about the anointing. If Jesus needed to be anointed, how much more do we need the anointing? How much more do we need the anointing? See, listen to this carefully. God doesn't have a problem with using anybody. But if we allow Him to come and do a work on the inside of us and transform us, you cannot take new wine and put it into an old wineskin. Because you will lose both. Oh, you listen to me. There has to come a new wineskin. So we have to allow God to transform us on the inside. So when He pours His Spirit on the inside of us, we can carry the anointing. I don't want to run dry. I don't want to come to a Sunday night meeting, get filled, and by Monday morning I'm dry. No, I can carry this anointing everywhere I go, all day long, everywhere. Come on now. And all it takes is a surrender. You know, some areas you might have to give up. Uh, hold on. Sorry, was that somebody's mail? Sorry about that, sorry about that. I'll just close the door and walk away. <laughs> some things you have to give up. Some shows you've been watching. Got to stop. Hello? See, listen to me real carefully. You might say, well, I do this behind closed doors so it doesn't affect anybody. It does. It affects you. And it affects your relationship with God Almighty. So it is affecting somebody. And then when you come out of that, it's going to affect others around you. Are you listening to me? Because there's a spirit that can get on you. Hello? Okay, I don't know where that came from, but anyway. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering a sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because there's a reason and a purpose why the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you. And we as believers in this modern day we're living in, let me tell you what the purpose is. It's to destroy the works of the devil. And I can tell you right now, everywhere you go, all around you, there are works of the devil going on. The crazy thing is this, that the church seems to blend in to the world. It's like there's a whole lot of people in the church and they have what we call undercover ministries. Hello. You can take that either way you want to. Amen. But undercover ministries, you know, they, they, they're in such disguise that you couldn't, you don't even know they're a believer. 
Hello? I heard somebody get so excited one day and said, man, the guy I've been working with across the desk over here, they, they, they've been saved. they saved for like three, four years, and, and I am too, and we're so excited we finally found one another. I wouldn't tell anybody that. Because you know what? If they don't know you're a believer from day one, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, I just tell people, you know, when I worked in the world, I would tell people right from the start, I fill out my job applications. Now, I'll be in a Bible school, I'm going to be a preacher, love Jesus. I put it all on there so they know. If they don't hire me because of that, well, see a loss. They could have had the blessing of God on their, on their business. Are oh, you listening to me? But I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, this, this, this time that we have on this earth is just a, a very short time, just a very short period of time. And then comes eternity. So everything we do down on this earth for this very short period of time is all for eternity. Amen. It's not about the big house and the big car and all this material stuff down on this earth. That's just temporary. Yet God doesn't have a problem with all that stuff and he'll give it all to you. He'll give it all to you. Hello? doesn't have a problem with that stuff. But it's just temporary. If that becomes our focus, then it's a problem. But when God's our focus, then all that stuff doesn't mean anything. Are you listening? We looked at this on Sunday night, Luke 24, 49. Jesus said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem till you be endured with power from on high. He told the disciples to wait. Wait for what? For the coming of the Holy Spirit. So listen to this carefully. When the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, at the same time when He filled the believers, they received power. Ever met believers that speak in tongues, but they have no power? Ever met them? Oh yeah, they're all over the place. I was a little boy in Pentecost. We grew up in Pentecostal churches, and I was a little boy. Didn't understand very much what was going on, but, but I, knew, I knew something for a fact that, you know, we had one brother. I know my brother shared this before, and I should talk about this stuff because it's, it's, it's real. It's what happens. But, you know, we had a, a brother that would sit on the front row, brother, brother Rabba Babanda. He'd jump up every Sunday. Rabba Babanda, Rabba Babanda, Rabba Babanda. You know, give a, give a tongue, you know, everybody. Now we're going to wait for the interpretation. And then, and then all, you know, the, the platform would be filled with the, the elders all sitting on the platform looking at the congregation. You know, now we're going to wait for the interpretation. So it goes something like this, you know. I don't know what the holding of the nose and the breach over here, what that does, if that helps the word to come or what it does, but that's what they would do. They would sit like this. And most times it wasn't a word. Now, as a little boy, I would look at him and think, oh, he's giving a tongue. And then, and then my dad would have to go around in the week and go and counsel with him and pray with him. And then I'd look at him and go, my, what's wrong with him? You know, he gave a tongue in church, but now look at him, he's a mess. See, there's a problem. I have a problem there. Are oh, you listening to me? You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. When the Holy Ghost comes upon us, we get filled with the Holy Spirit and we have the evidence of speaking in other tongues. 
And then we carry the fire and we carry the anointing and we carry the precious Holy Spirit wherever we go. Some of you have a heavenly language and tonight you just need to get filled. Hello. Just got to get filled. Whenever you come into contact with somebody that is in a mess, you have to have something in your hands to give. And that which you have in your hands is the anointing of God or the glory of God that's on your life that when you reach, reach out your hand and touch them, they are healed, delivered, saved, set free, and blessed. That's what it's all about. That's what revival's all about. That's what the outpouring of the Holy Spirit's all about. You think it's just to come to church and have a good time? Oh my God, we just come. Man, we just love church. It's just so wonderful. Presence of God. Change. So that God can use you. Because he's got a plan for you. We need, we need as many fiery, on fire, full of the Holy Ghost believers in these last days that will rise up. They will not compromise the word and not compromise the anointing and take this to the highways and the byways. I'm telling you right now, we've got to see a great awakening. We've got to see a revival shake the church. We've got to see a great awakening shake America and then shake the world. It's got to come. And all of that starts simply in our heart. By a hunger, by a desperation. God, I'm hungry. I cry to God, press into Him, and then all of a sudden, boom, He starts flowing. And then suddenly there's a river. And then the glory of God's going all over the place. I'm telling you. You know, the climate in the church, and I'm, I'm not saying that it's, yeah, but the climate in the church, on the whole... Is, is, it's all about time. We get them in and get them out. Forget what they're going through. Get them in, get them out. Got to get them in, get them out. God, I'll give you an hour and a half of my time on a Sunday night. Maybe, maybe two, maybe two hours, Lord. Yeah, it's taken you 40 years to get into that mess. Now you want God to do it in two hours? Hello? Now, God can do a quick work. I know He can. But sometimes it takes longer than two hours just to break people through. Right. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So if you have the Holy Ghost come upon you, you should receive power. We lived in West Palm Beach for a number of years and we'd come off the road and want to go to church on Sunday morning. We tried numbers of churches. Eventually we just gave up. So forget, forget about it. There's no way I'm going to go sit in that church and die on a Sunday. I'm a revivalist. Hello. When you eat, when you used to eating good T-bone steaks with sautéed mushrooms and golden fries on the side and a Caesar salad, there's no way that you can go. <laughs> there's no way you can go eat kibbles and bits on a Sunday morning. That stuff gets stuck in your teeth. Hello. I believe in good food. My God. 
in the natural, then therefore in the, in the spiritual realm, I'm going to get some good food. I went to a church once and had revival. I'm not going to tell you where, because I don't want to you know, say where, but somewhere in America, let's just say that. I went and had revival. We started Sunday morning, Sunday night. By the Thursday night, I mean, the place is jam-packed. This is about three years ago. The place is jam-packed. People are hungry and thirsty. Power God's all over the house. Now, the pastor disappeared a little bit. He got in the sound booth, and I'd have to track him down. You know, I hunt him down like a hunting dog and find him in there, bring him out. Come on, pray for you. Pray for his wife, you know. So, so uh, you know, by the Thursday night, I said to the pastor, I said, listen, man, this, I know revival. I know, I know when God's going to break something loose. And I said to him, I said, listen, we should do some more meetings next week. We should go another week. I said, this, this thing's about to bust loose. People are being so blessed and so touched by the power of God. So you know what he said to me? He said, look, well, we still had Friday night. He said, look, I really want you to come back. He said, I, I, I feel God wants me to teach the congregation about the Holy Spirit so that when you come back, they will be able to receive him more easily. Now I'm thinking, man, are you in the same meeting I'm in? Because... They are receiving him. I mean, they are actually receiving him. Now, you, I'm thinking to myself, you might not be, but they are receiving him. So you know what I said to the pastor? I said, let, let me tell you what. The best way that your people can get to know who the Holy Spirit is, is have an encounter with him. Because when they have an encounter with him, they'll learn everything about him. So he looked at me and said, no, I really feel, praise God, I've got to teach. I'm like, okay. We, we haven't been back since. Why? Because he took one Wednesday night and taught on the Holy Spirit. And then that was everything he did. Now we did go visit. I did go back and visit. Actually, in fact, the youth pastor that was there at the time invited me. He said, please, when you come, you know have a meeting with the youth. I said, yeah, I'll come teach the youth one night. So we showed up and we had a Holy Ghost revival in the youth and the main sanctuary was like this. And we down the, down the corridor having a power of God, people all over the floor drunk in the Holy Ghost. So we went back one Sunday and we're living in the town. I mean, we're trying to find a home church. We just... Really, really trying, you know, trying. So we go back one Sunday, and I'm sitting there after the worship, which I don't know what that was, but anyway. We're sitting there after the worship. We sit down, and the pastor starts, you know, go to this passage of Scripture, and he goes into the Word. And I'm telling you right now, listen, it was like five minutes. I thought I was going to die. I could feel the kibbles and bits getting stuck in my teeth. I took out my iPhone. Ah, here's a nice game I can play. Bored me to tears. 
bored me to tears. <laughs> Telling you, it was ridiculous. <laughs> See, when you've been in revival as much as we have, you want, I want the move of God. I show up at church, I want God to move. If he's got a clean house, then let him clean the house. But I want him to move. I don't want to ever come to church, whether it be a Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night, or any other night, and God doesn't show up. Because if he doesn't show up there, I'm leaving real quickly. I don't understand why the believer doesn't want God. Why, why they don't want God to move? Why don't they want the Spirit of the Lord to touch him and change him and fill him? Why don't people want joy? How many of you got some joy here over the last two nights we've ministered? You got some joy. Isn't it a good thing? Come on, it's a good thing. Did it make you feel bad? No. Did it make you feel good? Listen, I've been in meetings where, where the joy has broken out and people have laughed so hard and so uncontrollable that, that literally there's nobody even listening to me. I mean, I can barely hear myself preach. Nobody's listening to me. I just press on and try to preach for another five, six minutes just to see what happens. And nobody's even paying any attention. Only about two people, they're like this. So then I try to focus on them, you know. I mean, at least, at least somebody's looking at me. I just focus on those people. And then after a while I go, forget about it. I try to do this series on the glory. Let me tell you what, the... the early 90s, I wanted to bring out the series on, on the glory. I'd do the first teaching on the glory. The second night, I'd do the second teaching. I'd read the scripture. Glory of God would hit the whole place, shake the whole place, and, and, and I couldn't even preach the message. So then i go to the next revival and do the same. Teach the first message, and then the second one, read the scripture. Power of God hit the whole place. Couldn't even preach. And then one meeting, I'm, I'm just this stupid. Are you listening to me? I say to God, God, you know, I'm trying to put out a series on the glory. I do the first series, and then I get to the second one, and, and then the glory falls, and I, I just can't get the teaching. I mean, I just can't get the teaching. You know what God said? He said, well, you can have your teaching, or you can have the glory. Of course, you know what I settled for? I settled for the glory. Forget about the teaching. I settled for the glory. So the next revival I went to, I, I preached part one. Then the next revival I went to, I started off with part two. And then the next one I started off with part three. And then the next one I started with part four. And then I had four part series. Hello. <laughs> oh, then nobody bought it. Anyway. <laughs> It doesn't really matter. Amen. God, God's not really interested in your series. Amen. <laughs> oh, glory to God. <laughs> uh, Jesus. 
I just had me a little drink there. Don't mind me. <laughs> uh. <Woo>. Hallelujah. <laughs> no way in the word do I see that, 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 that it says you cannot drink on the job. <sighs> Hallelujah. I wish more preachers would get drunk. Amen. I remember one meeting I got so drunk in the Holy Ghost. It was about in St. Louis one night, and it's about 11, about 10.30 at night, and I was so drunk. I mean, I was literally, I was just gone. I was holding onto the podium. I looked down at my message I was supposed to preach. I looked at the message. I looked at the notes. I looked at the points. I said, who put this message together? Because that is ridiculous. That's my message. I said, that's absolutely ridiculous. Nobody can preach that message. And listen, I was so drunk in the Holy Ghost, and I looked up at the people, and I said, so what do you want to do now? That's how drunk I was. I mean, I was gone. I was gone. But then, so were they. Hallelujah. The book of Acts chapter 2 verse 1 says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. Can you imagine a sound from heaven? Like a mighty rushing wind. Not a light breeze. A mighty rushing wind. Wind. When this mighty rushing wind came in, it made a sound. That's how the Holy Spirit came. Yeah, people got a problem with the joy. My God, thank God you weren't there on the day of Pentecost. You would have hindered the coming of the Holy Spirit. It wouldn't have been in Acts chapter 2 verse 1. It probably would have been in Acts chapter 5 verse 1. Because you would have hindered it three chapters later. <laughs> verse 3 says, There appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire. They sat upon each of them. The Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. How about getting some wind here tonight? How about getting some fire? How about getting filled with the Holy Ghost? You want a heavenly language? Get filled with the Holy Ghost and you will speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives you utterance. I tell you, the glory of God's all over this house. Some of you have already fallen into the river and you ain't coming out. Our God's all over the place.
There's a reason for the glory. There's a reason for the anointing. Right at this very moment, God's setting people free in this place. Right now at this very moment, He's healing marriages. Right now at this very moment, He's bringing a miracle in your body, in your life, in your finances. Right now at this very moment, God's doing a work in your life. That's what the anointing of God's all about. Destroys the yoke of bondage, sets the captive free. There's something God wants to do. He wants to set the church free. It's not about us, people. It's about Him. It's all about Jesus. It's not about a degree, a diploma, how well you can speak, what you can do. It's not about your gifting. It's all about Him. It's all about Jesus. All about Jesus. All about Jesus. Thank you for listening to Messages of Revival. Before I go, I want to pray for you. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that's been placed on the inside of each and every one of us. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are our best friend, our paraclete, someone sent alongside to help us. And we thank you that you lead us and guide us in everything we do. We thank you that on a daily basis, we can flow with the power of the Holy Spirit, seeing the hearts and lives of people being touched and changed and blessed by the anointing of God. I pray for every listener that the touch of heaven will be upon their life, that, Father, they would have a greater relationship with you, a greater relationship with Jesus, and a greater relationship with the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the touch of heaven. We give you praise, honor, and glory for that. In Jesus' mighty, wonderful name, amen. Once again, thank you for listening. Subscribe and share this podcast with somebody that needs to be uplifted and blessed.